It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Happy Thursday, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. The man across from me is Jonathan Casillas. My name is John Schmelk with you on the phones for the next hour talking Giants football at 201-939-4513. And Jonathan, Giants getting ready to take on the Detroit Lions at MetLife Stadium. And these teams are kind of, you know, mirror images, maybe the wrong word to use, but there is a little bit of a like bizarre world thing going on here. The Lions <laughs> play a bunch of close games, but they figure out a way to lose, yeah. except for the last couple of games. Uh, they score a lot of points, and they're explosive on offense, and they are a sieve on defense. It's kind of the opposite of everything that the Giants do a little bit, right? Yeah, look, I, I'm watching Detroit on film. You know, they're very capable on offense. You know, they can move the ball downfield. Yeah. Jared Goff looks like, you know, Jared Goff of old age. You know, the guy the guy that took the, uh, the Rams to the Super Bowl back in the day, not too long ago, right? And and they're explosive, you know. Uh, where's Waldo this week on defense with Amon Ra St. Brown? Man, that guy's good. He's a good receiver for him. He's yeah. making a lot of plays. They give him the ball in the backfield, reverses, and all kind of uh, you know now routes and go routes. And of course, he's a very capable wide receiver, almost like Debo Samuel like. Yeah, no, he is. And look, he's he's a guy that's. It's funny, uh, and I think fans would fall off their their chair if if, if they heard this. Did you know that Jared Goff is more 20-plus yard completions than every other quarterback in football except for Patrick Mahomes? No, I did not know that. Wow. Number two in the league. Wow, wow. And the amazing thing, Jonathan, he kind of does it not with a bunch of deep passes down the field. They scheme up stuff, whether it's screens, boots, crossers, to catch and run. So he's not this not this like this downfield, chuck it, deep type of system. But the way they coordinate their offense, they figured out a way to create a lot of explosive plays by getting the ball in their playmakers' hands in space, and then they run for big gains. Yeah, look, uh, they're a team that wants to establish the run, you know, and and I'm I'm glad that the league is kind of shifting back to the run first offense, you know, and and past years that we've seen these dynamic quarterbacks, these dynamic offenses, and everything's going downfield. But watching the Giants, they look like I mean the Giants, the Lions, well the Giants too. Yeah, both, the, right? the Lions are trying to establish the run. They're doing it all game. They got two very capable running backs, mm-hmm. and they're trying to give them the ball even when they're down. You know, late in the games, they're still trying to feed them the ball. Jamal and, Williams and DeAndre Swift. Yeah, their 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 mentality is they're trying to be a physical team. You know, that's their head coach, Dan oh, Campbell. Yeah. You know, you watch him, he's like 250 pounds. He's doing squats and cleans probably before games just to get him fired up. And that's the team that they have, you know. And a um, good friend of mine, Kelvin Shepard, he's uh, the linebacker coach. And he was all over hard knocks and stuff. And they, the camera was on him a lot because he's a character. Great dude, but, too, by the way. Great dude. Kelvin but if, oh, if, great if those guys in a linebacker room is anything like Kelvin Shepard, then they're leaders. They're right. leaders. They're guys that get people fired up. When Kelvin Shepard came to the New York Giants, he united the defensive the defensive room. I was the captain, but he was the glue. He would have guys. He'd be like, because he was with us, of course, the linebackers. But he was real good with, with JPP. Okay. And he would be like, "Yo, we're all going to JPP house, and we'd just go over JPP. We're ten deep at JPP house right down at Sea Caucus, <laughs> but we were hanging out, you know. And, and I've known JPP. Me and JPP hung out before. We hung out now, you know. But Kelvin was the guy that did that. Mm. He was the glue guy. You know, so having him in the Lions locker room, I think is huge for them. And as the season goes on, you know, I don't know. Look, hopefully they don't get a win this week. 
You know, but I think they're a team that can get better, like the Giants. The Giants are getting better, and I love what I'm seeing from them. I don't think about the Giants now how I did in week one and week two. I don't. I think they're a lot better team, and in different positions, like a Dexter Lawrence, like in the D-tackle position, those two guys, Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence, probably the most dominant inside force in the NFL. These guys are playmakers. They are. And we've talked about, and I've said this plenty of times on this show, on any the, the pregame show, whatever show I'm doing, the Giants culture relies in the D-line. That's, that's the guys that need to make plays and dominate. And Dexter Lawrence is taking over probably one of the best defensive linemen right now. I'm yeah. not talking about mm-hmm. on the edge or interior. I'm talking about overall defensive linemen. The guy is a beast. And in the second half, yes, uh, last week he took over. It was in, It was Amazing to watch, man. Amazing. Drawing holding penalties, batting yep. passes. Back-to-back sacks. plays, too. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Just unstoppable a lot of at, no at one point, you know? Yeah, you mentioned, by the way, Dan Campbell. So, Pearson, bring up uh, Prod for me. Yesterday, Brian Dables asked about Dan Campbell, if he has any connections. Uh, well, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm not sure if the fans heard this, but it's a great cut. I have it here. And he talked about how when he was the offensive coordinator for the Dolphins in 2011 under uh, Tony Sperano, how he interviewed, I guess, to be his tight ends coach. And this is how the interview went. It was a great interview. I mean, he's slamming chairs on the ground and hitting walls and going through all these drills. And, and you guys know him. He's a fantastic person, great family. And uh, it was an entertaining interview. Knew a lot, obviously, very passionate, tough as nails, you could tell. But or heck, he was, he was out of breath in half that interview, the stuff he was doing. Yeah, great guy. Very smart. That's the way his team plays. And, you know, I think people probably get the, oh, he's a meathead impression by watching all of that stuff. But he he's more than that. And this team, clearly, in so many of these games, they've gone down big, Jonathan, and they then make a run. They don't give up. So this is one of these games where the Giants have to make sure they're engaged throughout because any sign of weakness, any sign of pullback, the Lions are going to take advantage of that. Because they, they know what it is to fight, you know. <clears throat> They've been on the losing end of a lot of fights, you know. Every game is a fight. It's a long 12-round boxing match, and stuff happens early in the game. It's all about who finishes the best, right? And it's, it's not about who starts the fastest. Not all the time. Sometimes it is because sometimes you can't play catch-up, you know, but it's all about who finishes the best, you know. And last week they came up a point shy, if I'm not mistaken, uh, against against no uh, no they they actually beat the Bears they came up the a point ahead they a won point two ahead. straight a point, yeah. a point, a point, a point ahead, ahead. Yes. they won two straight right right but that's what I'm saying they they're finishing games and they were down early in that game they were down even later in the game yeah and they ended up fighting and fighting and fighting their way back I think they were down ten in the fourth to, yeah, quarter to, to win the game because yeah. look they got a team of fighters over there because of their head coach just like the New York Giants the Giants are led by look he's short in stature in Dayball but he's he's very similar to Dan Campbell he's a guy that's a, he's like a meathead. He's a meathead, but he's smart. Smart meatheads in the NFL are smart very meatheads. I like successful. That. Smart meatheads. Smart meatheads in the NFL are very <laughs> successful. And that goes for coaches and players. Yeah, they trailed in that game last week, Jonathan, 24-10 at the start of the fourth quarter. And they outscored uh, Chicago 21-6 to yep. in the fourth With quarter. With a valiant effort by Justin Fields trying to wheel that Chicago team dude, that, to victory. That dude looks like Cam Newton. Yeah, man. man. He is. He's, yeah, man. he's special. Look, I got him. I, <laughs> I hate to say this, but I got Jalen Hurts as my fantasy quarterback. That's not bad. And my backup is Justin Fields. That's pretty good. <laughs> and, but yeah. the thing is, like, who do I play? Because they're very similar. <laughs> and in the beginning, Justin Fields were not, was not playing well. And now, Hurts kind of slowed down. And Jalen, uh, excuse me, uh, Fields had 40 points in fantasy last week, and I didn't play him. Two touchdown passes, oh, two man, touchdown he runs. Good. He was good. But look, 
the, the Giants are, are very similar to what Chicago does, right? The Giants can run the ball, of course, which the, the, the mm-hmm. Bears want to do with their two-headed monster attack that they have going over there. And then also they have a running quarterback. Now, look, I don't think the Giants are going to run as much as Justin Fields ran. And the Bears ran for 258 last week, right. by the way. And that's, a, that's I think, we of course, we want to establish the run this week. The Giants, that's the main focus, I would think. And 147 of that came from Fields, came from Fields. FYI. Right. <laughs> and I just don't think, look, Daniel Jones is very capable. Is he Justin Fields? No, he's not Justin Fields. But, but at the same time, he's very capable. And I just don't think the Giants, schematically-wise, is going to scheme a lot of runs for him. Maybe some scrambles, maybe some tucks. But, like, look, he's playing very well. And we don't want him to get hurt. You know, like you want to keep him for the whole year. And and when the quarterback runs the ball, defensive guys, if they don't slide, defensive guys are like, I'm going to knock him out. That's just the mindset that defensive guys got. I mean, you would know. Yeah, <laughs> that's, the, that's, the, that's the, the mindset defensive guys got. That's why I always, I was always so, you know, uh, cautious about Daniel Jones running it. And it wasn't about him running. It was his ability to not be able to get down in time. Avoiding contact. Right, not run out of bounds in time. You know, but I think he's gotten a little better at that, especially after the ankle injury that he suffered earlier in the year. And he's being more cautious. And I think Dayball's on him about it. Like, bro, you got to protect yourself. You know, slide down. Whoever it is, Kafka, Dayball. I'm pretty sure they're like, look, you you know, this is not just you leading this team. You're leading the region. You know, you're leading the tri-state area. Whoever's a Giants fan throughout the country. You got a lot of Giants fans throughout the country. You know, and – when you pay attention and you really care about the game, you got to care about the fans, you know. So it's not just about the other ten guys on the field and the other whatever sixty or so guys on the roster, but it's for the region. It's for Giants Nation, and that's who you're playing for. You're playing for your teammates and you're playing for Giants Nation. And look, when you fumble a ball, that's the organization. When you protect the ball, that means you care. That means you sh- you know you're taking the step be above and beyond what you're used to because Daniel Jones. They're requiring more from him by doing less. His yardage passing is not the same as it used to be in the past, but his turnovers are completely down. His decision-making process has gone up. It, it's, it's incredible to see the change and the transition from being a guy who making bad decisions, bad throws, fumbling the ball basically all the time, like every game, to a, a poised quarterback, a decisive quarterback, and a quarterback that protects the football, and it's beautiful to see. Yeah, Lance and Paul do a really thorough breakdown of Detroit. And obviously, if you guys want to talk about it too, that's great. But you brought up one thing that I want to touch on because I kind of touched with this on my Giant Total podcast last week with Brian Baldinger. And I interviewed Greg Olson, another Jersey guy who was doing the game for Fox on Sunday this morning. That'll be going up on the Giant Total podcast a little bit later on today. Go find it on your favorite podcast platforms. And we talked about the run game. And, you know, I thought Greg Olson had a really interesting point to me. He goes, because I asked him the same thing. It looks like the run game is making a resurgence. You know, you have lighter guys, and now, yep. you know, old power, old counter, yep. gap, back. downhill. You know, because then teams scheme to stop outside zone, so they're drafting lateral guys. Right. Well, then run right at them. Right. you got these 280-pound defensive tackles getting mauled. Two safeties deep, all that stuff. So the power run game is back. But he made a point. He goes, yeah, but John, you know what defensive coordinator is looking at? Fewer points are being scored in the NFL now than they have in 10 years. So do you think defenses, defensive coordinators care that teams are running the ball at an extra yard per carry than they were the last five or six years? No, because they ain't scoring. Right. You know, they don't care about what their yardage rank is. They care about their points rank, and points are down. Yep. So I think it's an interesting dichotomy because, yes, the run game is being revived. It's more efficient than it ever has been, and the passing game is less efficient than it ever has been. All that together, but the points... It's not reflecting in points, which I think gets back to the whole point of the analytics to begin with, right? 
passing scores points. Yes. So I, I think it's just a really interesting way to kind of look at how the game's evolving a little bit. And, and passing is sexy. You know, the big plays down the field, you know, one of the greatest catches we've seen this past weekend. Chicks take the long ball, man. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Like one of the greatest uh, plays that we've seen, you know, in, in recent memory was uh, Justin Jefferson one-handed catch. Holy right? cow. It's a passing play. You know, you don't see too many run plays that are like the best plays in NFL history besides the Marshawn Lynch run back in the playoffs against the Saints back in the day, which the team I was on. I'm saying more about that. <laughs> Unless you're Kyle Brand on angry runs, by the way. He's the only guy that he gets all excited, excited about, about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm a defensive guy. You know, uh, I played linebacker my entire career and always number one priority is stop the run. You know, so the Giants have to do a better job with that because the Lions are going to come in here. They can pass the ball. They're a very capable passing team, but they're going to try to run the ball on the Giants. The Giants haven't shown on film that they can stop really anybody from running the football. No matter if they are they have a strength at running the ball, I'm talking about the, uh, the team that the Giants are playing, or if they don't. But they're giving up a lot of yards per clip. And look. They've been better the last two weeks. <clears throat> Pierce only had the one long one. Otherwise, they did a good job against him. And the week before in Seattle, they did a good job against the rookie. So, yep. Since Leo's gotten back and yep. he's gotten healthy, yeah. it's gotten better. I was just about to say that, too. But to your point, and then please continue making your point, this year, and this is a yards per play metric, so take that however you want, the Giants right now against the run, I believe they are last, 32nd in the league, allowing 5.45 no bueno. yards no per bueno. rush play. That's not good. It's not good. That's not good, especially later in the season as it's getting colder out, which it is in New Jersey. It's getting cold. It was like 70 degrees two weeks ago. And by the way, it's Dallas, like 35 right now. <laughs> uh, Dallas wants to run it. Washington wants to yeah, run it. Philly it. certainly wants to run it. Minnesota has Dalvin Cook. Yep. Indianapolis has Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, man. Like, these guys are coming down the pike on you now. Yeah, and the Giants have the hardest schedule to finish the season, if I'm not mistaken, an yeah. entire I, NFL. I have not done the math, but I'm pretty sure the winning percentage is... is it's pretty yes, high. I mean, right, you yeah. look at the team I that the Giants the, are going to face. I think it's face, the hardest. Right? Yeah. And you look at... They got to well, play... think about it. You have Minnesota right. and Philly twice. twice. That's only three losses between those two teams. And don't sleep on the Commanders. Commanders did what we were talking about. Yeah. They they were they out physicaled the so called best team in the league. And in Dallas Philadelphia. is six and three. They're a good team. Man, it's a it's a it's a it's an uproad battle for the Giants for sure. But look, the Giants are getting better. Yep. I might have said that on a radio show before. It's like I want to see them get better heading into that NFC East stretch. Where have you seen them get better the, the most? You tell me. I'm curious. All over. All over, maybe not special teams, <laughs> which I need to see them improve on special teams. Coverage team specific, you're talking about, and even like like uh, the punts, the punts a couple times, like oh god, yeah, they went to the end zone. Yeah, right? and it's yeah, like, bro, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the hidden yardage that do not show up on the stat sheets. That's like 20 yards, 15 yards that doesn't show up on the stat sheet, and all of a sudden you go from potentially having them start inside the 10. To starting on a twenty-five yard line, that's fifteen yards. Especially if you're punting from like your own, their forty. Yeah. So you what do you move the ball? That's twenty yards. Twelve yards Whatever. was one 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 was drive. It, it was net? twelve yards. Oh, that's right because they John, didn't want to have Gano try the fifty-four yard. It was twelve yards. Mm, that's right. That's unacceptable, dude. Like that's like Pop Warner stuff where the 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 center's kicking because he's the only kid that can actually <laughs> had enough hand and eye coordination to kick the ball. You know, like that's really bad. The Giants have to do a better better job in that regard. But when we talk about improvements along the defensive line, Leo being back healthy, right? Yep. And the guys on the outside, I don't think they're making an impact as we thought they would. You know, of course, Aziz being now. Uh, Ward is playing lights out. I think he's playing lights out. Against the run especially. Right. Yeah. Kayvon, Kayvon Thibodeau, though. Like I, I said, his knee. You know, he, and maybe, 
maybe he's a he's a like healthy, but healthy coming off a knee is not full healthy beginning of the season. I'm a dog. I've been squatting all off season. I'm explosive. It's not the same thing. And by the way, as healthy active in I, the middle. I do think he's playing well. He's just not getting. He's the not pass the explosive the guy that they drafted right, so early. Mm-hmm. But look, I think as he gets healthy, it might come back this year. But like I always said especially about this guy's injury with this lower body, when you're an explosive guy and you come back in the middle of the season, I'm sorry, you just don't have it. You don't have it. For example, uh, Saquon, years past, when he came back off an injury, he wasn't the same. He was, but yeah, now... Even just after, after those had, two ankle sprains, it was never the he same. He had a long time to, to recover from this injury he had last year. He hits this season, new mindset. His body looks amazing, you know, and I'm talking about his physical stature on the football field, his endurance on the football field. He got 35 carries last week, 35. Career high. Honestly, I didn't think he was capable to do that, you know. And he. And by so, the way, those are some dirty runs, too. He only had one oh, yeah. run of 20-plus yards. Yeah. He was grinding oh, those yards sure. out. Oh, for sure. Two yards here, uh, no gain he here, had four three negative yards, yards here. Four, four negative runs, that's right. it. And that's the thing. He's not dancing as much as he used to. He's hitting it downfield, and instead of – you know, possibly breaking an 80-yarder because you made a guy miss or whatever. He's going forward and getting two yards, three yards, instead of a negative one or negative three or negative negative four-yard loss. And that's another area of improvement. Saquon Barkley, who was already good, he's better. Daniel Jones, better. Receiver position, we're not going to talk about that. I think we know where that position group is trending. But Slayton? Yeah, better. Yeah. Slayton, Slayton better. right? Mm-hmm. The resurgence of Slayton because it's not an emergence because we've seen him play big before. He's had over 100 yards receiving, but it's been a while since he did that. Wandell's back. It's been since 2010 yeah. when he had over 75 yards receiving besides last week. You know, and that's, 2020, 2020. Tw- I said 2010. <laughs> wow. 2020. We're old. It's okay. Right, right, right. I get my decades confused, guys. You know, and, and and if you look at other areas, you know, maybe linebacker, I think as the season progressed, they're figuring out who exactly works for them. I think Jalen Smith is playing pretty well. Mikey McFadden adding in. And then the loss of Xavier McKinney, right? They were like, oh, my gosh, you know, what are they going to do without Xavier McKinney? Dane Belton stepped up. Julian Love is very capable at calling the defense, and he showed he did a great job. And you have guys that just filling in all over the place. So the Giants are an improved football team from the beginning of the season. They're definitely improved from years past. And I think that has a lot to do with Dayball and then everybody buying into the Dayball culture. All right, 201-939-4513. I just said it, folks. Just did an interview with Greg Olson. That's going to be our Thursday Giants Huddle podcast. Make sure you go find it and subscribe. He's the number one analyst on Fox. He's a Jersey guy, too. We talk some Jersey. Talk about Kevin Burkhardt, his broadcast partner. They've been doing a lot of the Giants and the matchup on Sunday. We do some NFC East and NFC playoff picture, too, at the end. So make sure you go check it out. The Giants Huddle podcast is on his own individual podcast feed. Or go to Giants.com slash podcast. Or go to the Giants mobile app and then we'll have on friday our normal friday podcast papa with dable um lance and paul are talking to lomas brown former giants offensive lineman and detroit lions offensive lineman previewing the lions and then i'm going to talk to giant safety dane belton anything you want me to ask belton casillas when i get him tomorrow uh, well, he's a he's a Big Ten guy. He's an Iowa guy. He's a tough guy. I don't know. Where's he from? You know, Florida, He's actually. from Florida? He's from what Florida, part? Yeah. You know where Florida's from? South. I don't know what part South of South Florida. Florida yeah. hmm. But he's South Florida. I don't know. Uh, well, I guess what's his routine? You know, how did he stay? Because, you know, when you don't get your number called early in the season, of course he was playing special teams, but he didn't play a lot of well, defense. He had a broken clavicle, too. He missed a lot of training camp. Right. Mm-hmm. So how does he feel, like, now that he's playing? Like, he feel like, you know, he's patient, man. Just, I don't know. I don't know what to ask him. I don't know. Well, I'm asking. As a former player, I'm, I'm thinking right now, like, what do I ask Dane Belton? I actually covered him uh, the other day uh, when we did the uh, the Dayball show. 
Um, I was gonna say like on the field, like no, defense? no, me with my bat, with my bad Achilles, <laughs> say, absolutely not. I don't think that would have went well not. for you. No, no, absolutely not. Well, I guess <laughs> ask him about you know being a rookie. Like, what's different from from now than what he when he was last year? Cause yeah, it's always interesting in what they say as a rookie. Like, what's different to you now as a rookie? Sometimes they say the same stuff, but sometimes you get some other answers. Like, okay, I never looked at it that yeah, way. Huh? That's all. All right, I'll, I'm going to talk to Dan about it in a couple hours after Giants practice, and then I'll again go on the Friday Giants Total Podcast. Go check it out. Let's get to the phones. Andrew down in Virginia will lead us off today. Andrew? Hey, guys. I uh, love the show, and uh, just shout out to all the production folks like Pearson that aren't on the screen and whatnot. Shout out Pearson. Yes, sir. Hopefully he doesn't screw anything up today. I just wanted to comment on how like a unsung, a real unsung player has been Matt Breida, and I wanted to get your thoughts on what kind of impact he could have going forward as uh, people keep, you know, keying on Saquon and and uh, Daniel Jones running. So just say your thoughts on Breida being an impact player down the stretch. Thank well, you guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, oh, th- great question. Yeah, you. yeah, uh, great statement. I guess right. Um, Look, when you got a guy like Saquon, you know, and, and of course he got 35 carries last week, you can't keep him in the game the whole time. You know, you get tired. When you break a long run, you get a little winded, you know, and you don't want to miss a, a beat when that guy comes out the game. Breida is very capable in a passing game. He's very capable in a running game. He had a great run in the red zone uh, last week for maybe eight or nine yards. And look, he was moving forward. He looks explosive. He looks fast. And he's playing on special teams, too. So the guy is doing everything that you could ask for a backup in the NFL. And he looks very capable. And it looks like, you know, knock on wood, if ever Saquon goes down, we have a very capable running back to, you know, fill in the void. Yeah, honestly, and you made the point about Saquon with, you know, the the workload he's carrying. I thought Breda was going to have a bigger role this year than he's had, to be honest with you. Yep. Yep, no, I agree with you. But, but Saquon's been so good, <laughs> right. it's hard to take him off the field. <laughs> That's what it is. You yeah. know? He's the right now. He's the best running back in the league. You know, in the running yeah. game, of course. And he's the best the player. He's game. the best player on the offense. He's yeah, your best player for sure. I mean, just look, Dexter and Leo are playing ninety percent of the defensive snaps. This is like JPP in 2016 yeah, yeah. stuff going on here. But that's what you do. Your best players need to play a lot, you know, and they got to play hard, but then you also have to protect them. And Breida is that cushion. Breida is the cushion for Saquon to get 35 carries, for Saquon to be able to break a 60-yarder and get a break and come back in to score a touchdown. You know, and, and he's, look, the, a guy that's a backup playing that position, running back, if you put them on special teams, sometimes they don't really go as hard as you would want them to. And I've been in that position. I've been the fourth linebacker in the room, right, where I play special uh, dime and nickel packages, but then on special teams, I'm all four courts. I'm playing punt, punt return, kickoff, kick return, right? You have to have a mindset because if you somebody goes down and all of a sudden your snaps increase and you're starting and you're not coming off the field, that is one of the hardest things to do in the NFL is be an all-four-core teamer and then play a significant amount of snaps on either offense or defense. But – Get a guy like Breida, who has that mentality, is I'm going to go hard every play. Then that's where you see like somebody that rises to the top and somebody that's going to be in the league for a very long time as he, if he can stay healthy. And I like the way they use the two running back package when they put Breida and Barkley out there. They use a lot of misdirection, whether it's the Wildcat or even you know direct snap. They'll fake a screen to one, go back to the other. And I, I, I like the way Kafka and Dable uses both those guys to create some misdirection out there. And I think eventually... They probably have a couple things in their bag here that's going to turn one of those misdirection plays into a big one. Yeah, look, I love the way Kafka mixes it up. Every single week is like a different wrinkle to the offense, and 
that's just like kind of layering up the playbook to where you get to week 14, 15, and you're deep in the NFC East, right? And and you and you're fighting for your playoff spot. You're fighting to see where you're at in the playoffs, and you pull out a new wrinkle. Or you're relying on plays that you ran in week three or week four, and you're running them with efficiency, you know. And and it's not not too many, not too much new stuff because you you got to install because you've been doing it for 14, 13, 14 weeks. And like I said, so many different things that they're doing on offense is keeping all of the defenses on their heels. 201-939-4513. Let's go to Tim in Charleston. He's up next. Hey, Tim. Hey, guys. How you doing today? Good to talk to you again. What's up, bud? So, um, all right. So I got, I got kind of like a, a big-picture perspective. And then, actually, I have a question I'd like to ask Dan Belton, and you could decide what you think of it. Um, but on the big-picture perspective, you know, my, when, when, you're, when you're on the fringe – and you, I don't know why I'm hearing an echo of myself. It's a little, it's freaking me out. But uh, when you're on the fringe of contention, every game is important because you need every win just to make the playoffs. But when you're when you're playing well and you have a strong record like we do, games have a different level of significance, especially given our schedule coming up. And I feel this game is really critical, and I feel Detroit is very dangerous because they do score a lot of points. And you know we, this team hasn't been, other than early in games, hasn't been tested much playing from behind. So, again, like always, it's, it's going to come down to, you know, to turnovers, not allowing big plays. So that being said, then we got the gauntlet of the NFC East games, four in a row. And the thing about those is with, without projecting, you know, like Paul has said, like you've all said, really, is anything can happen. Every one of those games we could win. Every one of those games we could lose, which means we could go anywhere from 4-0 to 0-4, anywhere in between. And that makes this game super, super important. And, you know, I got my fingers crossed that we come out strong. Uh, the other thing I think that is a real positive is we seem to be getting healthy across the board, and that makes us stronger. Um, as the team gets better, we get more reinforcements. And, um, you know, barring any other significant injuries, I think we're poised to have a strong competitive run through the end of the season. Now, I'm going to give you my Dane Belton question, and I'll take your comments off the air. Sorry for the soliloquy. But my Dane Belton question would be because, you know, I've heard all the questions that the press always asks. And, and, and everyone, the same answer is like, how did you get ready? How did you do this? How do you compare this to – did college and everything. This is the question I would ask him. He was out, as you pointed out, John, with the broken collarbone in in preseason, you know, and in and in uh, the, the the training camp. So the question I would ask him is: besides the usual things, I watched film, I took mental reps, I worked out, and all that stuff. I would ask him what he, what in his makeup. His mental makeup, his his personality, his uh, viewpoint, his uh, his attitude. Does he ascribe his ability to pretty much come out on the field and be an important factor from the moment he got on the field? And and, and I'll take your comments off the air, guys. Thank you for letting me go on my little mini rant. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate the call. Hey, uh, Tim. 
uh, we love you. We do. I look forward to hearing you talk every week. But, bro, you got to gotta do a little bit faster, you got, right? You got to time it up. Yeah, you got to time it up. We don't have that long, you know? And I look forward to talking to John, but you can't take five minutes from us like that. <laughs> we love your answers. We love your questions. I love oh, yeah. your feedback. No, no. Every time you call, I smile, right? Every time. I'm smiling. But, bro, you got to be a little bit faster, okay? Me and Schmelk go back and forth, and we're I'm talking fast because I need Schmelk to talk because the show is going to end soon, okay? All right? That's out for you, Tim. We love you. Call again. Make it quicker next time, all right? And, and, the, other, and the other thing, Tim, he always, he always brings, I'm going to give you this. I'm like, Tim, I didn't ask you for that. <laughs> <laughs> and Tim, we love you. He that. has I, great I, perspective. I, no, he does. Every he's a, single he's call. A good, smart fan. Great perspective. You know, a, a good fan, you know, but like, bro, you call in. <laughs> the show's only an hour long, bro. You know, and we take calls and I do my little bit. John does his bit. We go back and forth. But he talks slow, and then he <laughs> makes a whole bunch of points. Well, he's in and Charleston. He he's retired. <laughs> right. Now, it's he's very relaxing. That drinking day. wine, probably. Maybe a, right, a beer yeah. or something, a cerveza. <laughs> you know, we love it. Look, I'm not trying to discourage anybody nah, from calling we, in. We love Tim. Have love your him. points. Get them across, and we're going to, you know, and talk we'll about And we'll rock them. and roll with yeah, That's right. Go. Anyways, what was he asking us again? Right. Again. <laughs> <laughs> well, he basically told you to tell Dane Belton something. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, or whatever that was. Yeah, but there was something before that. Too. I think oh, I, fe oh. I fell asleep a little bit. When he was big talking. picture. <laughs> um, I will just say this about big picture NFC, and, and this is something I talked to Greg Olson to about on the, on the Giants Little Podcast. There's seven teams that are going to make the playoffs, right, in the NFC. That's how it is now with the extra wild cards. Seven teams. Four division winners, three wild cards. And I think and Jonathan, you tell me what other team in the conference can make it. Because right now, I'm looking at the Eagles, the Giants, yep. the Cowboys. Yep. The Cowboys being six and three at the worst record of the group. Right. Vikings at eight and one. They are Vikings. five games ahead of the Packers. Five in the NFC North. Damn. Packers are just four and six. Bucks are a five and five. I think both of us believe Tom Brady will figure out a way to figure out a way to win the NFC South. Right? Yep. Agreed. Next best team in that division is Atlanta at four and six. Saints are three and seven. And then NFC West, you have the Seahawks at six and four, Niners at five and four, Rams are languishing at three and six. I think both of us think they're toast, especially with Cooper Cup going on IR. And then you have Arizona at four and six. So. I think right now we're looking at the three NFC East teams, Minnesota, Tampa, Seattle, San Francisco. Yep. Who else is really making a run here? I mean, if the Giants can go two and six the rest of the way, go nine and eight. What team's doing better than nine and eight? Right. I'm, I'm looking at, you got to look at the, the NFC South. You know, if the Bucks can't hold on to the division lead. You know, if they don't win the division. Who do you believe in that division? To make nobody, a run? nobody. <laughs> but that's the most, like when I'm looking throughout the, the division. Maybe Arizona the, could make a wild card run, maybe? Uh, I don't know about that. Because you got Seahawks and 49ers, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the, the Cardinals are going to get ahead of either one of them. I don't think so. The question is, is any other team going to be 9-8 and eight or better? That's right. the question. That is a question. Because that to me, if everything goes sideways for the Giants and they go Two and six the rest of the way, and they finish nine and eight. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm talking worst right. case scenario. Yep. They finish nine and eight, right? Who else is finishing nine or eight and better in the NFC besides the teams I mentioned? Do you think the Packers are going five and two the rest of the way? Nah. nah. Do you think the Falcons are going five and two the rest of the way? Do you Absolutely think the Falcons not. are going five and two the rest <clears> of the way? <throat> I don't think any of those teams are capable of doing that. No. I think these are the teams. I wrote them down while you were talking, and I think these are the, the, the representatives from the NFC this year. I don't really see it changing. Could Washington make a run at 5-5? Five and five? Yeah, that has a lot to do with the Giants. 
has yeah. a lot to do with the Giants. Look, I, Washington probably controls their own destiny as much as anyone else because they right. still have to play the Giants twice, Dallas once, and Philly once. That's a, well, that's a good point you made, thinking about Washington, because they do play the Giants twice, and they're kind of in that third, you know, out of the division, but possibly that wild card type team. And the Giants can control – they do control their, their, their own destiny, and the Giants can move all the way up to possibly the one seat if they win out, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, absolutely. Right? They can move sure. up. I mean, that's very unlikely yeah, to because if they, Yeah, because if they, they <clears throat> play the Vikings once, so yep. if they beat them – Eagles twice. If they Cowboys. beat Philly twice mm-hmm. and they beat Dallas, yeah, they will if probably they, be the – do it. They could probably be the one seed in the and NFC. Then now, that's a tough road now, 100%. but it's possible. Commanders went out, meaning they have to beat the, the Giants twice. Then they're going to probably slide in front of the Giants. However, that record looks for New York with two losses from the Commanders. And this is all like ifs and stuff and like that, And right? especially because then if they finish tied, they'll win the tiebreaker. Right, right. That too, that's what I'm saying. So, so Commanders, I think that's a good team. They look, they, they look good the other night. Yeah. They ran the ball very effectively, and they beat up Philly. They beat them up. They, they look they out-physical. They look better than them. You know, at almost a whole game. You don't see many teams beat up that Philly defensive right. line, but they did. They had them flustered. They would turn the ball over. And their the Washington defensive line really. Jonathan Allen's a beast. Bro. They got. I mean, look, Philly. He's a beast. Philly's got a good old line. Yep. They yeah. took the it Commanders took it, took it to him. Took it to him straight up. Heineke's a look. And Washington has the Heineke's Texans. a fighter, man. Nah, he's a fighter, and and you could tell like he has some swag to him. When he has they, a little when swag he to plays, him. it's different than when Carson Wentz plays, and this is not the Carson Wentz of. 2016, when he was lighting the league on fire. Was it 17? 16. 16. Yeah, his rookie year. Sounds right. When yeah. he lit the league on fire. 17 was the big year. That was the year the Eagles made yeah. the Super Bowl. But those yeah. 16 and 17, Carson Wentz, he's not the same Carson Wentz anymore. No, he's not. But Taylor Heineke, he's a playmaker. Yeah. And he gets guys behind him because of his toughness and his, his physicality when he plays the game. You know, and that's somebody that. When the Giants end up playing the Commanders, you got to, you know, neutralize. You got to neutralize uh, Taylor Heineke. Yeah, some really big games this week, by the way. The Cardinals probably need to beat the 49ers this week if they want to really make a run. Huge game for them. Dallas, Minnesota. Huge. Huge game for the huge. Vikings who are going to want to try to get home field uh, in, in the NFC to see, you know, that's kind of one of those Vikings, how for real are you? Yep. Granted, they just beat the Buffalo freaking bill so i think that pretty proved that they're for real but another like gut check game for the vikings at home against dallas for sure washington should be able to beat the texans in that game you know should should but Mm -hmm. we'll say weird things happen in the nfl right so and then the packers i mean you don't want to be in a must win against tennessee tennessee's a good football team but that's Kind of where they're at. Oh, 100%. Tonight. They've been, they've been on that for like the last three weeks, no, three, have, four man. weeks. You're right. You know, and they look different. They look different the last well, couple Christian games Christian Watson out. running past people, man. man he looked spe- good, oh, dude, man. He's dude, if you went back and watched him in college, I know he was playing for North Dakota State or wherever he was. Um, that dude. Like, he's like that? Like, I'm going to go look him up. Randy Mossish. No way. Now, again. You, right, right, right. It's yeah, Division, division. Double A. Right, yeah, yeah, I got it. But it was like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we saw that big <laughs> three and, touchdowns big and fat. last week. You know, he's a tremendous player. and. Look, Green Bay, they're always somebody you got to pay attention to because they have one of the best quarterbacks every single year in the NFL, no matter how his team's doing. You know, maybe this year he's not playing that well, but, you know, you can get – the Giants have started uh, in years past not so good early in the season. Yeah. And then they end you up think? being, you know, the best team in the NFL by the, by year's end and winning Super Bowls, you know. So you can't really – the second half is, is literally another season. The second half. And the Giants had a very timely – bye week it was almost at the midpoint mark right it can't be midpoint because of 17 games but it was basically at that midpoint it was as mark, close as you can get close you can get and this is the second half of the season which is another season right so who does better in the second half of the season right now eagles are trending down 
Bills are trending down. Giants are trending up. Like, you know what I mean? So we got to see who's going to finish this second half of the season strong. And I, I, I just want to throw this point out there. Remember the Steelers years ago, not too long ago, but maybe three years ago, where they started 11-0. They were probably one of the better teams in the NFL. L- last year? No, it was two years a, yeah, ago. Two, two years at least ago. Two years ago. Two years ago was. At the end of the season, Smoke, they were one of the worst teams in the league. They were a bad team. Got their butt kicked in the playoffs. They got wiped out in the yeah. first round. Yep. You know, so it's like 100%. it's a tale of two halves, you know, and that's every game is like that. And now the season is like that. The Giants are in the second half of the season, and this is where it gets tough for the Giants. But they're getting healthy and they're getting better. And that's what you want to see out of any team, especially heading to the second half of the season. All right, let's get back to the calls. See, that time, Jonathan and I went too long. We went too far away from the calls. We did. See, we got a title. But it's our show, though. (laughs) We can pretty much do whatever we want. (laughs) Let's go to Phil in North Carolina. Phil, you're up next, pal. Hey, guys. Enjoying the show. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. Uh, So, just a point I want to make. uh, I've been, uh, you know, impressed with Daniel this year. And I feel like he's had a... You know, a little bit of a, definitely an uptick in terms of uh, game management and responsibility of taking care of the, the football. Yeah, for sure. So if you look, but it started a while ago. So if you t- you go exactly two calendar years back, you know what his record is? That would mean starting in November uh, 2020. What his record is since November 2020? Is that what you're asking me? Yes. I mean, I'd have to go back and do the I know math what it, for I you. I know what it is. No, oh, okay, so what is, what is it? What is it? Don't leave us a suspense so like this, bro. <laughs> it's, 14, it's 14 and 11. Okay. It's, and okay, so he's got a five differential now, right? And uh, so we had a three di- differential. But prior to November 2020, his record, he, he was basically negative, 20, t- negative 12 in the hole. So now he's plus three over the last uh, two years. So that's that's quite a improvement, even going back to 2020. Yeah, I remember, though, and I always say this, Phil, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but wins is not a player stat. Wins is a team, team. stat. Yep. You know what I mean? So just something to keep in mind. But, yes, obviously the quarterback's the most important player. So, yes, look, the fact that Daniel Jones is winning games is, is certainly a good thing. Yeah, it's phenomenal. He's playing yeah. better. He's playing better, you know, and and, and – I know there was a lot of questions in Giants Nation about Daniel Jones, and I think he answered all of them. I think he answered all of the questions, you know, that we all had. I had them too because I'm not a player anymore. You know, when I was a player, I didn't question our quarterback. Never did. But as a fan, which I am now, I got so many questions, Smoke, every week. It's so different than being a player. Like, I have anxiety now. I've never had anxiety. I have anxiety when I watch the Giants playing, bro, especially early in the season, man. It was scary. That Cowboys game? Wait, wait. So you mean you, you're telling me you never stormed the Bed McAdoo's office and complained about Eli? No? Oh, never definitely happened. not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to say, I've definitely been to his office, definitely, you know, yelled at uh, Spagnola a couple times, but that's a whole different uh, but story. Sp- Spags likes that, though. Spags <laughs> likes going back and forth with his guys. He likes that. Phil, you got anything else? Yeah, no. Uh, so I, I do agree with you a little bit on that, John, but, I, you know, there's like matters of degree when – it is his fault, the record, you know, the quarterback, right? And and I think when it comes to bowl security, it is the quarterback's fault if he's negligent. No, 100%. You know, that no, is, that's fair. That's fair. That is a, that's like goes beyond the normal team concept. So uh, it's such a critical thing. So, yeah, the other thing I just want to is I'm really impressed with the how the guys are getting 
these the subs in, how the coaches are getting the subs in. And I'm really impressed, you know, as, as, uh, as Shane, Joe Shane said, how many new players they plucked off, uh, you know, the personnel department. I think it's Chris, is it Chris Rossetti? Rossetti? Yep. I mean, I mean they, they, they have a bunch of guys up there, you know, between Joe Shane, yeah. Brandon Brown, and they're kind of all kind of doing it together. Yeah, yeah. So really, I just want to give them credit for just tremendous uh, what they're able to, what they've been able to find. Well, Thor, I, know, I think it's key too that the coaching staff is able to properly tell the front office exactly the type of players that they need. But I think a lot of times, you know, if there's not good communication there and the coaches can't express really what they want and they need, the front office can't find the right guys. Like they'll give them a good guy that can play, but if they don't put him in the right role, he's not going to be effective. So it's definitely, it, it's it's the work together between the front office and the coaching staff that allows you to bring those guys in so they have an immediate impact. And then it's experiments, right? You got you to gotta experiment with these guys to see if they actually fit, not only in the locker room, but for the scheme of the defense and how they can play in roles. They might not be, you know, you might bring a free safety and he might be better at strong safety in his defense, right? right. You bring Landon Collins in, who was a traditional safety. He probably better at linebacker and, in his and defense, And by the right? way, last week he was inactive for right. the game. So right. maybe Peace they're Clark. trying to figure out when they that's can ex- that's the experiment. Experimentation, they Schmel, they're trying I'm to saying. figure right. out who exactly is for this Giants team. Of course, the starters, of course, they're, they're part of the team, of course. But the guys on practice squad, this, those are experiments. Like Marcus That's, Johnson was an experiment. Right. And then what happened? <laughs> right. And now, and you know what? Right. You know who the next guy is? Isaiah Hodgins. Right. And he, look, it, experiment look like it's working pretty good. For now. Right. You got a <laughs> hypothesis. Like, I think he can do this. You test it out, and then you get your conclusion, right? That's so, what happens in a science so experiment. Right now, we're in the observation part of the experiment. That's exactly what, what we're telling, right, right now. Gotcha. <laughs> right, Phil. Definitely agree, guys. Good points. Thank, Thank you. you. And, you know, Phil, we wanted to use the record. I'll just go right to the actual stats. And this is from, you know, some NFL notes that, that we get every week. Daniel Jones, zero interceptions in his last six starts. Longest active streak among all NFL quarterbacks. Wow. Pretty good. Wow. Longest streak of Jones' career. Jones' two interceptions tied with Tom Brady for the fewest interceptions among all quarterbacks to start every game for their team this year. Tied with the GOAT, baby. And Jones, eight passing TDs. That's tied for the fewest amount of passing TDs for among quarterbacks that have started every That's game for right. their team. That's all right. That's fine. That's okay. That's how yeah. they're asking him to play. He got a couple of rushing touchdowns. Right. But, again, the point that the caller is making is that the reason they're winning more games is because the turnovers are down. And- oh, 100%. Yes. That's the yes, literally yes, yes, the yes. number one stat when you're looking at wins and losses, the turnover ratio, right? Yeah. No question about it. I'm trying to see if I have anything else fumbles here. Uh, just generally, Giants have eight giveaways this year, third fewest in the NFL. Yeah, you're going to win games like that, man. You're going to win games. More games are lost than won. Don't beat yourself. Right. Why do you think Philly was undefeated for so long? And why do you think they lost their last game? It's literally one reason why. It's the turnovers. Yeah, I mean, they were it's what, one reason. They were minus three in that game against Washington. It's, it's Does that one, sound right? Schmelk, and, and Eagles are a great indicator of that, right? Dude, they're plus 13 That's this what I'm year. saying. They won every single turnover battle every single game, and they were undefeated until last week, yep. and they That's lost. Mm-hmm. And they lost Look because at, of what? Because of turnovers. Dallas versus That Green. is the number one reason. The reason why the Giants have struggled over the last few years is because of turnovers. Yeah, I mean, Dallas-Green Bay last week. Right. Dak Prescott, two picks. Every week is different when mm-hmm. you talk about, you know, what happened in the game. Oh, yeah, we couldn't stop the run. Oh, yeah, couldn't convert on third down. Oh, missed a couple field goals. But it always comes down at the end of the year. 
how was your turnover ratio, right. your margin? Mm -hmm. How was that? And if it's good, you probably won some games. You probably won a lot of games. If it's negative, you probably lost some games. And I'm telling you, I played in the league for nine years. The turnover stat is always number one. Let me. I'm going to list five teams for you here. Um, Saints or four teams: Colts, Rams, Packers. Not very good this year, right? Those teams mm -hmm. not great. Well, they're the four worst teams in turnover ratio Turnovers, in the yep. league. The only anomaly might be the Bucks. I don't know what their stats are. I just know Tom only threw two picks on the year. They, they're they're plus one right now. Right, that's the anomaly. They're they're not playing. They're playing uncharacteristically bad, right? Especially, I mean, maybe not the last week, but leading up to to that week, Tom numbers aren't terrible. No, but they're not great either. They're not right, great. Correct. They're they're not Tom Brady numbers, but they're more like you know protect the football. You know, not throwing interceptions. But when you watch them, it looks like they're off. You know, like mm -hmm. they, they look like they got a lot of drop passes. Mike Evans, one of the better receivers in the league. I watched him drop like three passes in one game. Yeah, how about that post that he dropped? Man, that would have went for like a 70-yard so touchdown. He's so good. Oh, I don't he's know a great what's player. going on yeah, over there. Neither. I don't know what the disconnect is, but you know what I think about them, and I know we're not supposed to be talking about them, but whatever. It's like they're done with the honeymoon phase of Tom Brady. <laughs> you know, it was like, oh, my God, Tom's here. We're nah, going to play for him. Now you're we're, grinding. Now they're grinding, and it's almost like they're over it. You know, it's like they're just there like, oh, hey, Tom. You know, instead of like, hey, what's up, goat? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, you, it, it just looks like watching them play is like they got the same players, bro. They got better at the receiver position, and they're not a good team this year. I think it's the honeymoon phase is all over. And then you come over here to the Giants, and you look at the Giants, it's like Daniel Jones, he's like one of those guys that went to rehab, right, got better. All of a sudden, his life is changing around. You know what I mean? He got some help. Got some help, you know? Now his life is better, you know? And everybody, life around him is better, too. <laughs> and, by, and by the way, the other way, Eagles plus 13, second best team in the league, Vikings plus eight, third best team in the league, Ravens plus seven, fourth best team in the league, Dallas plus six. Yep. All teams that are well That's over five. It's always the number one indicator. And like I said, That's there's always is. anomalies. I think yeah. Tampa's probably going to be that this year. They're probably going to finish this even, you know, finish the season in a, you know a plus margin. But they may or may not make the and playoffs. Chiefs are minus four, by the way, which is but, that, um, but, but they, they have Patrick. That's the anomaly. Mahomes. That's right, again. There's right. always anomalies in the right. Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Like the Chiefs, they never cover spreads, right? They they've done that for years, right? <laughs> but they're the anomaly, man. They got Patrick Mahomes who can throw three interceptions and then win the game. No one's gonna throw three interceptions yep. and win the game except Patrick, but Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes or maybe could. Josh. Allen, right, right, one of those right, guys. Right, right. Cliff in New York. Cliff, you're up next, pal. Hey, guys. Thanks for the rundowns. Um, uh, I got a question about the receivers as a group, but before that, um, uh, in the big picture, is it still true that, like they used to say, you don't really know who anybody is in the league until this time of the year? Uh, that they used to say that. Uh, I think it's after Thanksgiving, actually, is the way it used to yeah, go. Yeah, well, Cliff, I, I think Jonathan made this point before. Teams evolve throughout the year. Some teams start slow and strong. Some teams start strong and slow. And your team in, in week two is not your same team in week 15. Like, go back to the Giants in 2007 when they won that first Super Bowl. They were not a good team the first eight, nine games of that year. Like, like, they were, like after they got blown out by the Vikings in, like, week 10 – the back page of the papers wanted to fire Tom Coughlin yep. and start over with Eli Manning at quarterback and get him out of town. And then they turned it around, and then they won the Super Bowl. They had their best team the next year in 2008 before Plexico shot himself. Right. And, like, th that's how a team develops over the course of the year. So short answer, which I probably should have given, is yes. Yes, you yeah. don't know anything about a team until late in the year. No, right. no, but that's a good point. That's a good point you made. You know, uh, 
the, the season's a long season, right? And you hear all the guys saying wins are hard to come by because that's the truth, right? Everything goes into every single game. I think the, the NFL does a good job in taking it week to week. Literally, like, and I think I told said this before on the show, sometimes during seasons when I played, I didn't even know who we were playing the next week. You know, like, I, I was just so focused on week to week because it's that important because it's so hard to win games. It's so hard to recover from games, right? You have a game where you have 13 tackles. All of a sudden, you're in the ice tub. You got to get acupuncture. You got to do so much to get ready for the next game. And that's for 18 weeks out the season. And if you make it to the playoffs, and that's not even including preseason and training camp, right? It's a long season. And then injuries happen throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets injured. Every single person in the NFL gets injured, Right. So how does the team deal with that? Who are they bringing in? How many experiments do they have on the practice squad like the Giants are doing, right? So, yeah, good point. The the, the season is a, basically is a tale of two halves, right? How do you do in the beginning? Most importantly, how did you finish throughout this season? Well, you know, it's interesting to hear about 2007. It reminds me of one of my favorite quotes. Before anybody knew how that season was going to end, uh, somebody asked Jerry Reese how he thought Eli was doing, and the answer was, He's doing everything we expected from him. And that just hit me so hard at the time because it was like he wasn't expected to do everything himself. It was a team game. And lo and behold, that was, that was Coughlin's big strength from, from what I remember was team, team, team. But, but anyway, uh, about the receivers, man, um, <laughs> uh, I, was a, I was an Evan Ingram defender, so you can imagine where I've been all week. And, and, um, but uh, I, I don't really want to get into that. I just want to know... As a group for the receivers, do, do we really know anything about them given how the offensive line is doing? Because they're doing great, I say, but we also had a stat from you not long ago that in uh, pass pressure rate, we're barely out of the bottom third. And, and I'm not knocking anybody. Uh, I, I understand that's, the, that's the, the thing that develops not as fast as being able to run the ball usually and maybe we don't get really great at that until our new draft choices are all or are they all of the starters i don't know but uh, that's the kind of big picture i'm looking at and i'm just wondering how the the state of the offensive line affects the receivers i mean not that we're looking for one of these guys to become justin jefferson but down the road maybe they're the third and fourth and fifth receivers that all those good teams always seem to have you know, that, that, that come in and make big plays, even though they're not the biggest names. And I'll, I'll take that off the air. Thank you, Cliff. Look, I, I mean, guys that become third wide receivers on really good teams generally aren't available, like, through waivers. Yeah. Which, frankly, is where, you know, it's not an insult to these guys. That's just where they've come from. That's yeah. how they've got the roster, right? And even though the Giants, and I think this is kind of Cliff's bigger point, you know, they're not a drop-back passing team. Mm-hmm. They're a play-action passing move the, team. Move the they're a move-the-pocket. You hit it. Move-the-pocket passing team, you know, because they don't want to expose the offensive line to a lot of straight drop-backs, which I, I totally get. You know, you have, especially with Evan Neal not there at right tackle, you don't want to, you know, expose your backups. So, uh, but no. Do I think there's some, like, hidden superstar in the group that we, you know, is just waiting to emerge if you're doing more drop-back game? No, I don't think that guy's sitting there. No, and and when I listen to Dayball talk, and they, he gets a lot of questions, of course, of Galladay. You know, he always refers back to he refers back to practice. So he really is evaluating these guys at practice every single oh, yeah. week. He's looking at these guys how they perform from Wednesday through, I guess, Friday. Those are the real three hard practice days every week, and he's looking at them to see if they're progressing. 
That's what you want. You want forward progress, you know? And 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 you've seen that from some guys and you've seen not so much forward progress from other guys. And and I think you're seeing that in playing time. And you're seeing that with guys that are actually getting targets for these games, you know? And I think, you know, Slayton, look, I've I've been high on Slayton, especially since his rookie year. He came in and had a tremendous rookie year, probably one of the better receivers that year out of the rookie class in performance and numbers-wise. And he's coming back to that, you know? And and Daniel Jones, I think he's a very accurate passer with throws over the middle. He missed uh, Slayton on a pretty simple, I think a simple pass. It was a bad Because I've seen him make that throw plenty of times. That's the pass you expect an NFL quarterback. Right, and you know, but that happens. Mm -hmm. That happens every now and again. I don't think we have a receiver that can make Daniel Jones look better than Daniel Jones can look. We yeah. don't have that guy I quite mean, yet. Yeah, I mean, you don't have Justin Jefferson doing what he did for You, you, you see what I'm saying? You, you see what I mean? Yeah, that ball behind Slayton, not a good ball. There are receivers in the NFL that can make that catch and will make that yeah, catch. It's a tough one, but they can. Right, yeah. you see what I'm saying? The Giants don't have that guy. Right. We have a Slayton. Slayton's, I, like I said, I love Slayton. I love what he can do. By far the best receiver right now for the Giants, for sure. But look, guys have to step up. We talked about, I'm not, I don't want to say his name, 19. We talked about him that I was high on him last week, and then, man, listen, that drop that he had. Well, clearly the coaches weren't happy with oh, it either, dude. Oh, man, the Giants weren't. The, the fans were booing him. To quote Howard Cross, if that was a spear, it would have killed him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said that. That's yeah. awesome. Bro, I mean, people have to step up in that room, right? I just talked to Bellinger the other day. Bellinger's out for a little bit longer. You have to have a tight end that step up, right? Hudson's doing a pretty good job. Yeah. But uh, what's what's the other Lawrence tight end? Lawrence Cager, name? who caught the touchdown. Cager took, yeah. caught, caught a touchdown, right? A couple plays before that, got his butt Oh, whipped. in the run game. Oh, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> but then you see why Giants got eight all-linemen playing. Yep. You know, because, look, Bellinger was a good piece for the Giants. Yeah. You know, hopefully he comes back in the next few weeks, maybe next month. You know, the guy's a big man. I didn't know he was that big. No, he's a big fellow. He's huge. Yeah. You know, and he's done a good job for six, the six, Giants. He's big Bro, kids. he's huge, man. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he was that big. And look, the Giants need people to step up all over. And the team is getting better. And if you're not trending upwards when you're part of this organization, they're not going to play you. And I yeah. think that's what we're going to see. Number 19, probably not going to play. Might be a healthy scratch. And look, I think a guy like Hodgins, and to his point, Marcus Johnson, could those guys be the fourth and fifth wide receivers on a good roster? Yeah, yeah, they can. If that was what you're asking, yes. All right, we got about two minutes here. We got to wrap pretty much at 1.30 here. Um, I got to go help record something with, with, with Bob Pop in the studio. Let's go to Ramon in Orlando. He'll wrap us up, and he wants to talk receivers, so a good end to our conversation. Ramon, what's up? Hey, how you guys doing? I'm from Orlando, Florida. And before anything, I just want to give uh, a shout-out to my boys in blue, Busting and grinding every day at practice and giving the fans they wanted. I go to work every day. I've been laughed at a lot with the Giants, 0-7, 0-8, screaming at the TV. Hey, we're going to make it. But I go to work now, and people know not to talk about the Giants. So <laughs> I just want to give a shout-out to those guys because I'm a real Giant fan. i got a Giant tag on my arm. I'm a real Giant. So when the Giants are doing good, Nobody can be like, oh, you're a bad lover. No, I'm bad or die. I scream at the TV when we were 0-7. Say, take me home, Jones, and look. Look where we are now. So now I go to work, and I'm good. And I just want to say thank you to New York Giants, the guys up there busting their butt every day and giving us those Ws. I want to you know, congrats to those guys out there, the owners, the coaches, the freaking players, 26, when he says, keep that same energy, I suck. Keep that same energy. And guess what? For those people that didn't think Saquon Barkley was going to be 
where he was going to be. Keep that same energy. Don't say he's good now. You say you wasn't good before, but he's good now. So keep that same energy, like he said, and I'm proud of my guys. That, uh, two, people two. need to fall back, need to relax, and let Kenny Galladay, he's not getting that many targets. Yes, I understand. I'm aware that he dropped that ball. I get it, and I was angry about it. But you got to let him, the coaches got to target him a little more and see what he can really do. I mean, you're targeting Slate, and you're giving it to Jay Ricky, you're giving it to other receivers, target him a little bit, and let him see what he can do. You know? He's had plenty uh, of chances, Ramon. That's all good. I'll say. He's had plenty of chances, bro. But target him more because uh, you got he has to work. We have no receivers. You don't know about OBJ. You know, I'm not sure about that he's coming or not. But you have to, you, you, you have to go and then you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give him a little more chances. You know, we're winning without him. What happens if he actually gives us, he turns up, and we all this time we're waiting for him, and he finally turns up. The coaches got to try to give him a little more targets and see, you know? Okay, and, and, and listen, man, I gave you five targets that I on Sunday. You dropped all five balls. You're caught. You know, you got to, you know, one drop, I got to no, give him targets because he's No, I, I understand, Ramon. He's got, you know, I, I, I like all my guys receivers, you know, but get this, this Give this man a chance. You paid him the money. All right, we, uh, all right man. We got to roll, dude. Dude, we're late. We got to roll. Thank, thank, you, thank you for the call, Ramon. Yeah, yeah. Look, look, look. I wanna, I, I, no, look, look, look. <laughs> that's like a kid screaming but look, in the background. Remember last week's energy, how my energy was about Galladay? Like, I was like, he can save the franchise, like all of that. Ramon's still there. They gave him a chance, Ramon. They did. You saw what happened? Did you see? I mean, you watched the game because you're a big Giants fan. He is a big Giants fan. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I've noticed about some Giants fans? Like LPG, I love LPG. Lights play guy, love them. They're a little bit delusional sometimes. A little bit. <laughs> well, that's why they're fans. They're a little fanatics. bit. Yeah, a little okay. bit. You know, which is, I love it. You know, I love fans like him. I love fans like him. I love it. I see him all the time doing a radio show outside the Giant Stadium with Lance Meadow. They come up. Those are the guys that come up that stick around the radio show. Now, they now they usually talk to Paul, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. Paul's one yeah, of them. Yeah, 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 for sure. Paul's one of them. <laughs> Paul's a little delusional for sure. Yeah, he for knows sure. that. We're I talking about Paul Dottino, yeah, guys. But look, I, you look, I, and he makes some points, but look, man, look, the, the Giants, the Giants, they, they've given guys opportunities, and he's one of them. Yep. They've given an opportunity for years now. It's not just a game or two. It's not a quarter. It's been for years that they gave him an opportunity, and he's dropping the ball literally and figuratively. All right, folks, if you want to go to the game, on November 20th against the Lions, go to Giants.com slash tickets. Secure your seat. There's still some tickets left. And while you're doing that, go download Giants TV, the Giants official streaming app. It's free on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, Fire TV, Giants Mobile app. You get all our content for free. For Jonathan Casillas, I'm John Schmuck. Thanks for joining us for Big Blue Kickoff Live. We're back tomorrow at 1230. Paul and Lance preview the game against the Lions. We'll see you then.